Welcome to um, Ask the Expert. We have Zhao Yen. Um, she is a PhD candidate in biomedical sciences at ULB, Center for Diabetes Research, University of Libre de Bruxelles in Brussels, Belgium. She has a background in molecular biology and bioinformatics with expertise in large-scale genomics data analysis. She started her PhD study in September 2019, supported by the Wallonie Bruxelles International Scholarship for Sino Belgium Outstanding Young Scholars under supervision from Drs. Miriam Knopp and Desio Zurich. Her research focuses on an integrative uh, omics of human islets to gain insight into the pathogenesis of diabetes with a focus on uh, glucolipotoxicity in type 2 diabetes and infl- inflammatory responses in type 1 diabetes. And her talk today is uh, mining the transcriptome of target tissues of autoimmune and degenerative pancreatic beta cell and brain diseases to discover, th- discover therapies. So uh, welcome, Zoyan. Very nice to meet you. And um, I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us today. Uh, thank you very much, Monica. Thank you for uh, thank you also for the uh, Super Science team for having me here. Today, I'd like to present the work that was recently published in iScience Journal, namely mining the transcriptome of target tissues of autoimmune and degenerative diseases to identify therapies. And firstly, I'd like to show you the rationale for disease selection. What common features do they have? For type 1 diabetes and multiple sclerosis are diseases of mistaken identity, where the immune system attacks and destroys our own target tissues. They share common genetic risk genes, chronic local inflammation, and target tissue damage. The target tissues are not bystanders of uh, the autoimmune attack, but participate in a deleterious dialogue with the immune system that contributes to their demise. Several type 1 diabetes risk genes act at pancreatic beta cell level, regulating the responses to viral infections. The dialogue with the immune system and apoptosis for type 2 diabetes and Alzheimer's disease are degenerative diseases and show common amyloid deposition and chronic inflammation at their target tissues, pancreatic beta cell and brain, respectively. The striking gene expression similarity between pancreatic beta cells and neurons, such as expression of splicing regulators and splice variants. The same mechanism controls the expression of genes in both neurons and insulin-producing cells. So here we reach our research basis. Uh, Use one sentence to describe target tissues of autoimmune and degenerative diseases show signals of inflammation. We thus hypothesize that shared gene signatures can be identified from target tissues and mined for common therapies. Firstly, we collected RNA-seq data of pancreatic beta cells for type 1 and type 2 diabetes, the brain tissues for multiple sclerosis and Alzheimer's disease from public databases. Next, we integrated and compared the transcriptomes of pairwise diseases to identify the common signatures. Uh, Using these common signatures, we performed drug reproposing, and finally, we validated the drugs predicted using disease models for type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. And let's look at some important features for the collected RNA-seq data. For type 1 diabetes, we got fax-sorted pancreatic beta cells, while for type 2 diabetes, we are only uh, able to access pancreatic islets. For the two brain diseases, we got uptick chiasm and 
prefrontal cortex and for multiple sclerosis and type uh, Alzheimer's disease, respectively. And due to the different prevalence of diseases and the difficult access to target tissues, we got only four to five target tissues of patient, of individuals affected by type 1 diabetes and multiple sclerosis as compared to a larger number of type 2 diabetes and Alzheimer's disease. All the cohorts have a well-balanced age range and here, the last column displayed the number of detected genes in each study. There are more than 17,000 genes that were commonly detected in all studies, which gives us a good foundation for data integration. And since uh, the rank-rank hypergeometric overlap analysis lies in the core of the present study, uh, so I'd like to show you the principle of this analysis before stepping into the result part. And start from here as we will compare pairwise diseases. So two independent profiling experiments are needed. We will perform differential gene ana expression analysis first uh, for the disease individually to obtain the full change for the genes uh, measured in both experiments. And we rank the fold change from the most up to the most down-regulated ones and we next perform hypergeometric test to evaluate the significance of the overlapping gene or the intersected gene above each rank combination. Since we will uh, slide the rank threshold and irritate all the rank combinations. Via the hypergeometric test, we uh, evaluate and determine the most significant overlapping rank index and pointed out in this RHO map as you can see here, uh, the, goal, the aim is to extract the optimal overlapping gene set for downstream analysis. So for, for the present study, I use the first version of the RHO analysis. Actually, our lab has developed an optimized uh, new pipeline based on this version called Red Ribbon, if you, which is more fast and faster and more accurate. So if you feel interested with it, you can uh, refer to this citation. So based on the RHO analysis, we observed the global transcriptomic similarities, as you can see in the left panel. Let's look at the corner here. You can see type 2 diabetes and type 1 diabetes show the highest correlation in both up and down regulated gene programs. In addition, in type 2 diabetes and Alzheimer's disease, we also observed the similarity in both up and down regulated gene programs. While in other disease pairs, we only observed the similarity in the up regulated gene program. And a right panel displayed the number of commonly regulated genes, which corresponds to the left RHO panel. For example, the 2,599 genes uh, were commonly upregulated in the two types of diabetes, which corresponds to this RHO quadrant. So due to the interest of time, I have selected several disease pairs to be to, uh, to as an example to, dis to be displayed here. Uh, in the first selected disease pair, you can see here the comparison between multiple sclerosis and type 1 diabetes, which are both autoimmune disease. In this plot, we identified 983 
intersected genes, or we can call the commonly upregulated gene here in this corner. Uh, for the functional enrichment for those genes, we uh, the top enriched pathways are related to inflammation and adaptive immunity, uh, such as the signaling by interleukins, interferon gamma signaling, interferon alpha beta signaling, and their downstream signaling, PD-1 signaling. Besides, we also enriched the antigen processing cross-presentation and the antigen presentation. In the second selected disease pair, let's say the Alzheimer and the type 1 diabetes. In this plot, we uh, in this comparison, we identified 658 commonly upregulated genes in this corner. And again, for the functional enrichment to be here, you can see we got the very similar functional enrichment. Top enriched are related to the signaling by interleukin and inter interferon gamma signaling and PD-1 signaling. But here we didn't see the antigen pr uh, presentation signaling. And in the last selected disease pairs, uh, the comparison between the type 2 diabetes and Alzheimer's disease, which are both degenerative diseases. In this comparison, we observed 1,453 commonly downregulated genes here. For the functional enrichment, you can see the top enriched pathways are related to neuronal function, like the neuronal system, transmission across chemical synapse, neurotransmitter release cycle, and very interesting, the regulation of insulin secretion. Both pathways are quite functionally relevant. <clears throat> Based on the commenting signature, Via the RHO analysis, uh, we performed drug repurposing uh, via the connectivity map analysis. So the CMAP library was developed by Broad Institute and uh, which contains pre-computed gene signatures of nine core human cell lines exposed to more than 25,000 perturbations corresponds to more than uh, 19,000 compounds. In our cases, we adopted three critical steps. Step one, to prepare the most regulated common signatures from RHO in pairwise diseases. In the step two, uh, we compared our differential signature with the pre-computed signature in the CMAP library. Step three, to find the strong connection. In our case, we considered the uh, most negatively correlated perturbating other potential therapies that could revert our gene expression signatures. And based on the CMAP analysis, as you can see here, the heat maps, the top line above this heat map displayed the cells that were used to do the, chem uh, the chemical compound or, or the drug treatment in the CMAP library. And here uh, displayed the tau score, which is the normalized connection score. The higher score means uh, stronger connection. So uh, you can see the CMAP analysis unveiled bromodomain inhibitors as a top drug uh, that could revert the gene, uh, gene signatures that were commonly upregulated in the most combination of the disease pairs, as you can see here, type 1 and type 2 diabetes comparison, and also the multiple sclerosis and uh, type 1 diabetes and the other two. And besides the uh, drugs um, for the upregulated gene program, we also predicted the drugs that could uh, increase the gene programs that were downregulated in 
two comparison. One is from the comparison between the two types of diabetes and another from the two degenerative diseases, let's say the type two diabetes and Alzheimer's disease. And very interesting, we identified in both conditions the JAK inhibitor. Uh, it is well known that one of the JAK inhibitor, paracetinib, is um, presently being tested as the therapy for type 1 diabetes. Let's get back to the very promising predicted bromodomain inhibitor. Here uh, we refer to one science paper which published uh, two years ago entitled Selective Targeting of first bromodomain and second bromodomain of the bad proteins in cancer and immunoinflammation. What is the bad proteins? The bromodomain and extraterminal domain family is composed of germ cell-specific and ubiquitously expressed members. They are components of chromatin remodeling complexes that promote chromatin decompaction and transcriptional activation, let's call the epigenetic readers. Please look at this schematic. So the bed protein can combine with the acetylated lysine, uh, amino acid residue from the histone to trigger the transcription of target genes, mostly are the pro-inflammatory genes. And if we block this combination with the bed, uh, bed inhibitors, there is no transcription for the target genes. Uh, previously, uh, previously, the Gillen and colleagues validated that the second bromodomain inhibitors were particularly effective in models of inflammatory and autoimmune diseases, such as psoriasis and collagen-induced arthritis. And also, the colleague and colleagues also validated that the broad bromodomain, which targeting the first bromodomain and the second bromodomain inhibitors, IBET-151 and JQ1, prevent interferon alpha-induced inflammatory genes in human islets and endocytic H1 cells. So in our experiment, we uh, aim to test, uh, test two selected bromodomain inhibitor. Here, one is... IBET-151, which is a broad action, uh, target the first and the second bromodomain. Another is the bromodomain 2 specific uh, bromodomain inhibitor called JSK046. In the models of human beta cell dysfunction in type 1 diabetes. So here, uh, in our experiment, we exposed uh, human islets or the human beta cell, uh, beta cell lines uh, to the combination of two cytokines. One is, one is interferon, uh, interleukin one bit plus interferon gamma for 48 hours, which mimic the uh, very advanced stage of type 1 diabetes dysfunction. So as you can see in the four plots, uh, the major human compatibility complex class 1 genes and uh, chemokine and uh, cytokine and also ER stress marker chop uh, were indu uh, induced a lot by the treatment of the combination of cytokines. While the treatment of two bromodomain inhibitors could decrease the pro-inflammatory effects and ER stress induced by the treatment of cytokines. In addition to the gene level, we also assessed the protein level in, you, uh, by the ELISA. We are evaluated the secreted chemokine and the cytokine, and we observed the consistent result as observed in the gene level. That is, 
the protein level of CXCL10 and the protein level of interleukin-6 were decreased by the treatment of the bromo domain inhibitor, uh, especially this one, the bro broad action one, IBET151, you can see here, but in the bromo domain two uh, specific one, we only observed the, the decrease for the interleukin-6. So uh, we also validated the <clears throat> two selected bromo domain inhibitor in the model of human beta cell dysfunction in type 2 diabetes. Here, we exposed human eyelids to the 0.5 minimal palmitate for 48 hours, which mimic the uh, metabolic stress in uh, type 2 diabetes. As you can see here, we observed uh, the gene expression of CXCL1 and the interleukin-8 were decreased by the treatment of bromodomain inhibitor. Uh, especially the broad action one, you can see here and here. But there is no protection against ER stress was observed as we see in the type 1 diabetes model. In conclusion, <clears throat> we integrated the transcriptomes of target tissues from four major diseases affecting beta cells or the brain. The key inflammation-induced molecular mechanisms are shared between beta cells and the brain in autoimmune and degenerative diseases. We identified bromodomain inhibitors as agents that decrease islet inflammation in models of type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Last, drug reproposing points to other interest therapeutic candidates that could be further validated in preclinical disease models. Thank you very much for your attention, and I'll take your questions. Yeah, that was great. Really, really exciting um, work. What prompted you to think of this, you know, to sort of like begin this approach? What what was sort of fueled this approach originally? Uh, Just the fact that these bromodomain inhibitors had had success in other, you know, inflammatory states? Uh, first, uh, um, as I mentioned in the background slides, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, some uh, like the diseases, like the autoimmune disease and the uh, degenerative disease, as we selected in our present study, they have many common features from the molecular level. So I think it's deserved to uh, identify the common therapies. For right. example, the type 1 diabetes also complicated with other autoimmune disease and uh, the type 2 diabetes also uh, the, the patients have a uh, higher risk to get the Alzheimer's disease. So that's the start of our uh, scientific uh, approach. Yeah, that's where you started yeah. to build. And then, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, there was one JAK inhibitor, right? Um, yeah. Uh, fib. this is just a hard tongue twister, that's being t uh, tested for type 1 diabetes right now. Yeah. Um, how, you know, who who's doing that work? There it is, Baristabib. Um, is that is that associated with your your group no. or who's is that is that on its way to the clinic or what's the what's the story with that? So I think these clinical trials are under uh, 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 held by one company, but I forgot the name. But our group also do some relevant. Uh, testing regarding the JAK inhibitor. Mm -hmm. um, currently in, uh, in our group, the Dr. Savatani is uh, working on uh, some drugs under this category, but uh, still under testing. 
Yeah. So yes. a, a, she's trying to, or they're trying to, that lab's trying to kind of tease out which um, inhibitors may be, you know, specific, right. To, for T1. This one. So yeah. Yeah. We are going to uh, test if, uh, use this inhibitor can recover the uh, the function level, like the insulin secretion. Also, uh, very interested about that one. Okay. Points to help Xiaoyan uh, in one of the questions. This JAK inhibitor clinical trial is made by Ellen Thomas and Tom Kay okay. in Australia together with colleagues. Uh, we, for the time being, were more interested in TIC2 inhibitors in the context of type 1. This is what our that. And just coming back to your first question, Xiaoyang, was more why did we select the bromodomain inhibitors? Mm -hmm. And I think this was a this was an open question. So we just selected what the analysis gave us. So we went for the top. So it was a non-biased selection. Right. That's what I was kind of getting at. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of hear it said, you know, that it was an, it was a non-biased selection. You you basically, you know, just to reiterate that you 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 went panning for gold, you found you found the um, you know, the the targets, and then and then you went along with that. Um, and then I would wonder. You know, if you can comment, if um, anyone um, can comment on, you know, what's the next step for, you know, now that you've identified, um, you know, sort of, you know, the, the high level workings here, what's next step? Mm, next step, I think yeah. we can see other interested drugs here that mm -hmm. we can try to uh, validate use in vitro model and uh, the bromo domain inhibitor if possible we can also do uh, do some other exploration because the bromo domain inhibitor uh, uh, bromo domain protein uh, the bed protein at one uh, hand can uh, combine to the uh, promoter uh, uh, to to the uh, to uh, make the decompaction of the uh, condensed chromatin to uh, shape the complex for the transcription initiation and also uh, they can include uh, uh, recruit the transcription factor so if possible we can do some exploration about the critical transcription factor maybe involved in the mechanism that's the direction i think slavica who has yes. a nice work has yes. a question <laughs> Yes, right. I, I have a kind of uh, both a question of interest and a little bit philosophical question on the premises of your strategy. And uh, uh, given that hypergeometric overlap test, when selected uh, this overlapping up or down regulated genes between mm -hmm. uh, different morbidities, in some case here even comorbidities, like uh, type 2D and Alzheimer's disease, but my question is, uh, these subsets of genes that highly overlap, actually, we cannot discriminate given in the light of disease doesn't have abrupt onset, but it starts with adaptation and ultimately ends up with failed adaptation. Uh, how, you know, what is the, the value of this uh, approach 
given that the hypergeometric select hypergeometric rank rank based testing cannot discriminate between adaptive genes and maladaptive genes or the cause and the consequence. So since you mine these genes and they are like a big pool of genes which are ultimately ultimately used for your drug discovery strategy, I you know I'm interested what is your thought on the value of this hypergeometric test to instruct you on your drug discovery strategy. Thank you for your question. So maybe I can explain more about this part. So um, the hypergeometrics was performed here. So you can see the two uh, independent profiling experiment and ranked by the full change. And uh, we will slide the, the rank and uh, iterate all the rank combination, everyone accompanying uh, the uh, hypergeometric test and to get the uh, the p-value, let's say the significance. And here we point out the most significant one. So as you can see here, so yeah. we define uh, the genes intersective, uh, intersected above this rank combination. So this one, if intersected and here we go, this strongest signal, we see those genes are uh, commonly upregulated by the disease pair here. Xiaoyan, just I think Slavika knows, I mean, she has published a couple of nice papers using this technique. I think her question is a crucial one because what she's saying is that we are finding common genes between these diseases and we don't know if these genes are causative or if they are the response of the suffering cells to the inflammation, for instance. And this is a very difficult question to answer. What we, are we will do together with Xiaoyang is try to obtain, and we have already obtained it, data sets at different stages of disease. So this study started several years ago. Now there is a much more including single cell RNA set and including studies where you can look at patients, let's say in the first two or three years of disease yeah. and after five or six years. But the ideal would be to get material in the very early stages. And here we are limited by availability. But I think this is, a, is an important point Anyway, we've ta even taking this into account, we already identified two compounds that may go to the clinic, TIC2 inhibitors, JAK inhibitors, and bromodomain is at an earlier stage. But your point is very well taken. Thank you. Yeah, I would, I would extend this um, question or this discussion to, to ask, <clears throat> excuse me, if, you know, say you get, you know, um, to the clinic and to clinical trials and you've got your bromine domain inhibitor or some other drug, you know, how, how would that be administered so that it's not sort of a global effect? I mean, are you, you know, is it, is it going to be so, sort of a, a locally, um, you know, just a kind of just a thought experiment here, you know, you've got a, someone in a prodrome, they've, you know, they've got the genetic risk factors, and they've exhibited one autoantibody. Now, do you go ahead and, you know, give this person or um, 
some kind of injection to the site, to the local area, or could you do this globally just for a limited time period? I mean, what, what does that really look like? Mm, I didn't see any literature at uh... Or anything about the clinical use of the bromodome inhibitor, at least for the GSK046 and uh, IBT151. I only find some uh, previous study mentioned they did uh, some testing in the uh, user mouse model, like the Oreotic one and also the injection one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just adding a little bit, I think for the bromodomain, they are being used in cancer mm -hmm. and they are used systemically. I think that this drug is too non-specific, at least for the time being. Yeah. TIC2 inhibitors are used systemically in psoriasis, so they could be repurposed. Our dream is to target, and we have already discovered and patented at the lab two biomarkers that are beta cell or islet specific. And we are working with two companies to conjugate them to nanocarriers to target them to the beta cells. But I think this is work for the coming few years or many years. Yeah. Um, and just to your point about really dissecting into, you know, that whole idea of adaptive versus maladaptive genes, you know, when you're talking about the prodrome, you're looking at samples. Um, what would be the best repository to get at, you know, samples like that for, for you all. I mean, you know, Enodia has got some things going. I've got the UK biobank. We've got NPOD over here in the U S where could you find those samples that you could really start to ask that question, you know, like adaptive versus maladaptive genes. How can you, you know, discriminate, um, you know, that's a big, big question, but you need the samples, correct? Yeah. I think for uh, Alzheimer, there is enormous amounts of samples, mm -hmm. including at very different stages of disease, bulk and single cell. For type 1, what Xiaoyang has downloaded is a lot of data, data from the HPEP. So we are doing pseudo-bulk analysis to increase the power. And there, there is enough samples to at least discriminate people with less than three years of disease and more than seven years. So this is the and type two, there is also enough samples. Well, that's good to hear that, um, you know, that HPAP is collaborating with uh, your group and to make that happen. That's very positive. Well, they, they deposit their data, so it's all open access, and every week it's increasing the end. So they are really being a very, very useful source. That's I have great. one more question, if I may ask. Yes, of course. Yes, so another question is, I'm interested, uh, um, because I didn't pick up right, so uh, in terms of suppressing or affecting the ER stress, how different is between JAK inhibitors and BET uh, interacting, uh, I mean, BET inhibitors? What is the difference in, and also in type 1 and type 2 diabetes? And I'm asking because I know that also in type 1 diabetes, here stress is kind of prominent uh, event. Yes, I think in type 2 diabetes, because this induced by the metabolic stress, I think it's um, directly induced by the 
like the free fatty acid, the palmitate, something like that. It can change the ER shape and uh, uh, stimulate uh, uh, unfolded protein um, signaling. So, and then finally uh, to stimulate the, uh, like the, apoptosis finally and in type 1 diabetes i think is more induced by the inflammation directly i think yeah but what what is the uh, effect of your inhibitors or ear stress in context of type 1 and type 2 so here in, what are your yeah. results yeah in the yeah. models uh, we actually tested the uh, the ear stress marker 12 Mm -hmm. And also XBP1, another one, uh, in both type 1 and type 2 diabetes model, but we only observed uh, the treatment of bromodermine inhibitor can decrease, you see here, decrease the ER stress marker uh, in only type 1 diabetes model, but not in palmitate-induced beta uh, mm -hmm. dysfunction in type 2 diabetes. So I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, show the plot here, but you can see here, we see this uh, result. I, 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 what I think, just uh, if I may say, maybe you don't have that aspect of ear stress in your model just with palmitate, that kind of mimics mimics metabolic stress, but without component of proteotoxicity. So maybe you do not have actually the stress as such as in the size as will normally occur in presence of proteotoxicity. So maybe that's why you cannot measure a uh, big difference in type two, in your model of type two, when using only palmitate to induce metabolic stress. Yeah, but I remember we, uh, a treatment of palmitate increased the, the stress marker. Yeah, but not, only no protection from the bromodomain inhibitor. I see, okay. Yeah. Well, I'd say um, we've had a great discussion here. It's a little bit past the 9.30 mark. So in the interest of everyone's time, Thank you again, um, Xiaoyan, this is great. Uh, really interesting work and we cannot wait to see, you know, what comes next from the laboratory. I think um, your your group is really on to something quite interesting. And um, I love the collaborative approach you're taking. I would also you. say, yeah, it, um, best of luck, um, you know, in the, in the new year. And um, if anyone has any questions, I'd say reach out to this group, the Zurich group, and um, maybe to Zoe uh, and herself. Thanks again and have a great rest of the day. Thank you.